ain't nothing about just his luck. Boy, this ambition. Nothing gets in our way. We on a clear mission. We making plans. We just trying to lift society. Working so hard that we growing notoriety. And we born to drive. Yeah, it's inside of me. Eric, Mark, and James. We giving game. They inspiring. Adam clear with the vision. It's so deployable. You do what you want when you live in life. Unemployable. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Unemployable. We are back. And last week when he had three on the pod. And this week we have a full house with this young man, Eric, here joining us today. How you doing, buddy? Yes, I'm doing very well, Adam. It's a real pleasure to be here on the pod with uh, a few titans in the entrepreneurship game here on the Gold Coast. So. Too kind. Yeah. Mate, we're stoked to have you here. And um, if you are a young person watching this, this is the episode for you uh, because Eric is an absolute killer in the online space. He started a business 11 months ago, not his first online business. I think it was your second or third? Uh, second. My third, like, Decently successful one. Decently successful. <laughs> yeah. And he went from zero to 1.7 million in 11 months, which is, that's all the brand is old, at a 25% net margin. Well so if you're struggling to do the math on well that, done. that's upwards of 400 grand yep. um, at, uh, how old are you now? I'm 28. 28 years old, you know, 1.7 million in the first 11 months at 25% net. That is a straight fire story. So we're going to dump into that. How are you guys today? What's going on? Doing good, doing good. <laughs> Couldn't be better. I'm keen to unpack this story. Um, and uh, just like you said, a, a, a fire, runaway bestseller success, isn't it? Story from, from 1.7 to 25% margin. It'd um, uh, be interesting to see where, what you've got in, in mind for it as we unpack the pod. Yeah, yeah can't wait. Eric, how, mate, look at this. He's got pants on. Oh, oh pants what on. a treat. He hasn't got short I, shorts with I, his nuts I, hanging out. I, I did. I did. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I watched that episode. I saw the bands. I was just not hanging out. Straight front door in the same way. Now I can see from your point of view. Behind this shot. You don't want to see anything behind Eric. I'm interested. I thought there was only one legend named Eric, but I guess there's two. Powerful duo. There must be something in the names. Something in the name. Now, before we get into it, guys, as always, I want to uh, give a big shout out to you guys at home listening to this on the trains, in the air, um, in your cars, wherever you're watching, listening. Uh, again, we've been in top 10 for Apple Podcasts again this week, second week in a row. Um, and uh, more than that, we've had phenomenal feedback from you. That last week's pod had over 8,000 views on YouTube as we're sitting here, many more on uh, Apple and Spotify. Uh, which is amazing considering we're only up to episode nine, I think this is, or, or 10. So thank you for your support. Please keep the comments coming through YouTube. Um, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff because it enables us to get guys like Eric who want to come in and tell their story when there's an audience listening and watching and engaging. So please keep doing that because it'll enable us to get more guys like this to inspire you. And uh, what I love about this uh, podcast that we're going to be doing today Eric is going to be revealing his products, mm -hmm. which is the first time he's actually done that. Yep. Um, and uh, I, I just want to take my hat off and acknowledge you for that yep. because I know it takes a bit of courage, especially as an Amazon seller. But the truth is we all know uh, Lululemon is a multi-billion dollar brand, but there's more than just knowing how to source a pair of track pants to building Lululemon, right? There's yep. a lot of work and effort and so on. And, um, and so I really want to acknowledge you for that. And, and we're going to really dive into the nuts and bolts of – uh, why you chose the niche you're in, mm -hmm. how you scaled it. You, you've had a fail, failed business as well. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from that and so on? So maybe just give us a, a little bit of, back, bit of background on you. So 
you know, you've got a, a Polish surname. Yes. Um, and uh, so what's your family background um, just leading up to, uh, you know, where you got into business? Yeah. So I'm, like you said, Polish. My parents were both legal immigrants from Poland. So in 1989, communism fell in Poland, um, Soviet Union fell, and my parents decided to leave Europe and come to Australia legally. Um, a few years later, they had a few kids and my sister and myself. And yeah, I grew up um, here with my mum and dad who were just hustling. They were immigrants. They were here. They were hungry. They were hustling. They were, my dad was like flipping cars and working as a mechanic. And then eventually my parents divorced and I was left to be raised just by my single mum. And that really from a young age kind of inspired me. I kind of had to step up a little bit more and it <clears throat> really made me want more from life from a pretty young age. So, how old were you at this point? Uh, seven years old. Wow. Yeah. So that's stepping up early. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm my big sister. Thankfully, she, she she's, took here, on, the, she's the here as well. In the by the way. She took a parental role as well, mm-hmm. and um, was looked after me, which is very lovely of her. And yeah, so I actually still, considering the circumstances, thought I had the best childhood ever. Like I always felt safe. I always felt like I had fun. Like I always just like was out free, playing in the park, playing soccer, playing football, which is my first passion. And I moved on to, to high school and went through high school and finished. And I had no idea what I wanted to do, like literally not a clue. And my mum was just like, well, you like sport and stuff. And she just desperately wanted me to go to university. She was very traditional in her approach. She said, basically, you have to go to university. And I'm not letting mum down. She raised me. So I go to university and started doing human movement, a Bachelor of Human Movement in Sports Science. And at this point, I remember walking into the lecture theater in university on like the first day, walking in there and listening to this, this lecturer and just thinking, can I swear? Yes. I was just thinking, yeah. just thinking like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Like, I, I just did not belong there. I'm sitting in this theater. Everyone's there like trying to listen to physiology 101. And I'm thinking this lecturer is not even in a position that I want to be in. I always wanted to be rich. I wanted to do more. I wanted this abundant free lifestyle. And I just remember feeling like crushed in my soul. So, um, yeah, then soon after that, I decided to start looking for other things. My sister was doing network marketing. She was like, hey, Eric, come to this event on the Gold Coast and, you know, you can meet some people and stuff. And What was it? Do you remember? It was Isogenics. Isogenics. Isogenics, yes. Woo-hoo. Shout out Isogenics. Uh, shout out to Isogenics because although I didn't like network marketing at all, I went to the event and my life changed drastically. Yeah. I remember everyone was just speaking about vision boards. Everyone was speaking about the law of attraction. Everyone was speaking about goal setting. Everyone was speaking about just like this stuff that for me and my mum used to always watch the movie The Secret on repeat on repeat on repeat so we're like maybe from the ages of like 10 to like 15 for whatever reason that movie was just always on so it's like oh like manifestation this stuff always like i just knew it intrinsically and yeah from that point onwards like that kick-started my my entrepreneurship um, so basically you had a hardcore eastern euro dad yes and you're super close to your mum but from the sound of it yeah and you got your first exposure to the personal development success world through MLM, which yes. is a very common path. And mm. we all joke about MLM, but honestly, uh, it was my start too with Amway and mm. it got me mm. onto listening to tapes and books. And mm-hmm. I don't think any of us would be at this table if it wasn't for the industry of personal yeah. growth. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So hardcore Euro, Eastern Euro, you Polish. I know my yeah. old business partner, Joe, was Polish. Yes. And 
You guys are psychos, man. Like, <laughs> the it's true. I think I'm a Polish. Uh, you guys must have went through some shit in the war, I think, and yeah. it's just made you hardcore <laughs> candidates, right? Like, so that's your background. I, I sort of understand that. But things went a bit sideways. Mark, you were talking before. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on it. I hope you don't mind me bringing it up, but you, you got arrested and, and yes. you said in one of your Instagram posts, you then turned your life around. I'd yes. love to know how you turned your life around. Cause I, I want to know what he got arrested yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds horrible. Too, too many million door knocks. <laughs> <laughs> you selling too oh, hard. Fuck off. Why is this It's just a boy. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're only 28, dude. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of people just keep pluttering along mm-hmm. and, and <clears throat> take a while to kind of turn that shit around. Yeah. And then the other thing I was just going to mention is the secret. So Conor McGregor actually talks about mm-hmm. listening to the secret. So tell me about how you reckon some of those lessons kind of oh. rubbed off on you, even yeah. though it was in the background. Let's start but with yeah. the arrest. Start yeah. with the arrest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very two contrasting yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear about the hippie yeah. bad um, boy. Yeah, so the arrest, what happened was uh, I had a few buddies over at my place and this was in year 12, so I was I just had turned 18. So are you Gold Coast based always have been? Or you've this been was this Adelaide. was in Adelaide, South Australia. Got I it. only moved to the Gold Coast when I was 25 years old. Why did you get arrested? It's boring in Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, a few buddies were at mine, were playing FIFA and we were drinking a few a few beers. I'm 18 years old. I'm having a good time with my friends. And we, we got hungry and we wanted to go to McDonald's to get a feed. Now, I don't eat McDonald's anymore, just so it, just to make that clear. But we wanted to go to Macca's and we started going for a walk, which it was about maybe 10 kilometers from my place. And we'd been drinking a few beers, so we're not going to drive, obviously. So halfway between McDonald's and my place is a school, which was actually my high school. And it started pissing down with rain. So we, we were halfway on the road there and it started raining. So we had to go and seek shelter somewhere. And it was actually a very unfortunate event because we were seeking shelter. And in the meantime, there was a construction site. They were building a new like year 12 hub center. And we were just some curious young guys. We were like, oh, let's have a look what's in there. And so there was, the door was actually flapping open and we were just like, let's have a little explore. And what actually happened was some, there were like trip wires or whatever and the police rocked up like quick, like super quick with German shepherds and dogs and oh, stuff. Wow. And they're yelling at us like, why did you guys do it? What are you guys doing? We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're just going in and just like having a look. They thought we were like vandalizing and graffitiing and stealing stuff, which we were not. Um, and then, yeah, we, That's me, me and three buddies got chucked into a paddy oh, wagon. Dude. And we're oh, like, what the hell is going for on? some salacious story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like, story. It's, it's like the cops, it's like, I spent 12 years getting away from this fucking joint. You're going to come here for fun? <laughs> <laughs> it's raining. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't yeah, bad yeah, at all. Yeah, but yeah. like, that, what that did do, that did kick my ass into gear because I still felt this guilt because I remember it was 3 a.m. and they were calling my mum and they were like, mm. your son's in, in, in like, We've got you on Hindley Street, which in South Australia is, is like the strip, yeah. is like the strip where there's all the party places and stuff. And um, yeah, that that was so. So stressful. just just before we jump onto the second part of this about the secret and stuff, um, I know a lot of people, younger people watching the pod, look at me like I'm a dinosaur. Uh, they look like <laughs> he's on his way to a dinosaur, and these two as well. Big for yourself. You know, we're all forties, and I'm nearly fifty, but you're still in your twenties. So how quickly does it feel like like if there's an eighteen year old listening to this? Um, 
you know, how quickly does it feel like the time has passed between 18 and where you are today? Because these, these decisions do matter yeah. and it does fly by quick and they won't yeah. listen to me as much, but they might to you. But does it feel like it's just like yesterday? Absolutely. Yeah. It feels like I actually like I've been doing business for like seven years now and I'm like, wow. it feels like it's been two years. So you start at 21. Uh, yeah, 21. 21, yeah. yeah. 21. So you start at 21. So it goes by so quick for the young people listening Really listen to what Eric's saying here because it does go quickly and before you know it, you will be 28 like he is yeah. and look at where he is at 28, mm-hmm. which is just remarkable. So about the secret, how did that sort of rub off on you, do you think? Uh, watching the, the clips, I remember like <laughs> the guy's driving in the, in the car park downstairs. <laughs> do you know the one. scene? He's driving yeah. the car park downstairs. It's like, there will be a car park. There will be a car park, like a free car park. And he's just repeating it over and over. And he's like, and there you go. There's always a free car park. And then he just drives straight in. Uh, and I, I always thought it was silly. I'm like, Mom, why are you watching this stuff? Like, it's so bizarre. And there's another scene. I think it's Dr. Martini who's in there. And he writes like a check to himself for a million dollars or something like that. And he had that. And he had that on his mirror for a very long time. And um, it, it, he just like saw it over and over and over and was putting it in his brain. What I did was when I started my first Amazon business, I wrote my Amazon business does 25,000 USD a month. And I wrote that on a piece of paper. I had that in the bathroom. I had that on my on my whiteboard that was in my room. That was the first thing I saw every single day. I had it in my wallet. So like I always saw it. And I remember I was doing like 10K sales and then all of a sudden there was an explosion because I changed my hero shot a certain way mm-hmm. and it went from 10K to 25K literally wow. in like form. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, good for Time to get a new, new number in your wallet. What's that? <laughs> Time to get a new number in your wallet. Upgraded. Yeah, you oh, yeah, so I've upgraded it to many seven figures. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I think sometimes people don't realize that that's how simple it can be. Like I got two stories that kind of similar. Like, uh, Dom hates going to Chadston during Christmas and I'm, cause she's like, we're not going to get a car, car, car yeah. park. We're not going to get a car park. I'm like, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And I rock in straight away and get one. Yeah. And the other one is that I, I had a $1 bill and um, a US $1 bill and I added all the zeros mm-hmm. to, to a million mm-hmm. and I had that up on my wall and I did yeah. the same thing after your seminar, Adam, reliable and did hundred K a month and yeah. that stuff just works. It really does work. I truly believe that it works yeah. wholeheartedly. But you guys are going to have a good chat because both of these guys are Amazon sellers. Mark does about $4 million a year right now. You're doing great as well. So for those listening, just to put some context in case it's your first time tuning in, Mark is also an Amazon seller. I've been an Amazon seller for quite some time, as has James. And Eric's a big e-com seller with um, – Eric's business does over $100 million a year now um, directly through e-com. So we all have a background in e-com and Amazon. I've got an, Amazon, an e-com business as well, just because just I know there's listeners that are just tuning in for the first time to this pod. Yep. So tell, tell us about your journey into, you started on Amazon, right? Yes. Yeah. So how did you decide to sell on Amazon mm-hmm. um, and why did, you, why did you decide, how did you discover it? And then let's talk a bit about your journey to your first product. Yeah. It's a funny story because one day I actually walked into my mum's home office and she's like, in a thick European accent, it's like, Eric, Eric, I, I bought Amazon course. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean you bought an Amazon course? She's like, well, there's this guy and he reminded me of you. And no offense, Adam, but I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm 22, I'm 22. And Adam's maybe 40 at the time. But then she's like, the energy reminded me of you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So my mum bought it. And at that time we were living off of- This Senate, is my course. Your course, okay. reliable education course. Yeah, it was the advertisement of you walking along like Gold Coast and you know doing, doing the spill. Yep. And um, at that time, we were in a financially difficult situation. Mum wasn't working and she was living off Centrelink. So we were in, and the fact that she bought the course and it was one of the wow. early bird, it was like a thousand USD. Or something. Wow. Wow. And she bought it and it was a big deal. Cause I was like, what are you doing, mum? Like, that's crazy. 
And I remember watching the first video and being like, okay, this is interesting. And then the second video, you were going over products. And one of the products was these two claws. And these claws you'd use to pull out like a turkey out of the, out of the oven for like yeah, Thanksgiving or something, the bear claws. And they were doing $160,000 a month. And I remember sitting there, my jaw like hit the table <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. And I knew, like I said it to myself, like, this is for me. A hundred percent, this is for me. And then 11 months later, my Amazon business was so doing- That made more sense than your university oh, lecture. Oh, completely, completely. And I bet now, looking back now, mum's not upset you hadn't gone to university and spent the money on the course. Well, I actually ended up finishing university as well, which was a pain in the ass. But yeah, I did, yeah. Wow. But, yeah. How cool is that your mother's actually taken the, the, uh, the impetus and the first step to buy a course, which is probably so against her, um, her grain to start with. Yeah, yeah. Um, with you in mind. Yeah. Thanks, Mum. Yeah, Thanks, totally. Mum. Absolutely. She's, She's changed, an amazing lady. Changed the trajectory of everything. Yeah. Now. yeah. Pulling these numbers. It's, yeah. it's great. I think PBD, Patrick Bet David says that the three traits of highly successful people, one of them are that you have unconditional love, that you get that unconditional love at one point in your life from somewhere. Another one is that you have like a lot of pain somewhere. And then he says, like, choose your enemies wisely. But I, I definitely associate with that unconditional love that gave me that confidence as well I to just, so. just do it. So lucky those of us have got great mums. Shout out to all the mums out yeah. there for sure. Yep. I yeah, know we're all huge. blessed. We're all blessed in that way for sure. And uh, shout out to PBD as well. Great, great yeah. content. So... Um, so there you are. You, you found this course. Mm -hmm. um, you, your mum invested in you. Mm -hmm. And for young people listening, I think all of us would agree that when you don't have um, money and you're wondering where to start spending the little money you have, the first place is always in yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and I say this as somebody who's not selling courses anymore, but it's just what all of us here have done, including you. Your mum invested in you yeah. because the payoff on you is, is the best payoff mm -hmm. of all. Um, so you saw these bear, bear claws, you did the course and you're like, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. But just for those who don't know the Amazon business model, in just simple terms, what's the general gist of it? Yeah. So just simply put, you find a supplier on Alibaba from China. So let's say the bear claws. Yeah, bear you claws. You find somebody, so, you go to Alibaba, yep. you type in bear claws mm -hmm. for meat. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you order... MOQ to start, so minimum order quantity, which is typically 50 to 100 units. You don't want to overexpose yourself, start small. Yep. Then you get the manufacturer to manufacture your products, which can typically take 30 to 45 days. And then simply put, they ship it for you or a freight forwarder, but I get the supply to do it first time, straight to Amazon's warehouses. Amazon has warehouses all over America and also all over Australia now as well. Then your listing becomes live on Amazon when the, when the units get checked in. And a listing is basically like a storefront, which showcases your product, has all the images, has the bullet points, has a description, has a title. It shows your product that you're selling it. Then a customer goes onto Amazon, finds your listing, clicks on it, buys your product, cha-ching, you make money. And Amazon ship it out. Amazon ships it out, fulfills it, takes care of most customer services. That's well. the basic model. You can live in Adelaide or the Gold Coast, wherever you are. Yeah. You order it from China. It goes to the market you want to sell in, whether it's Europe. Now, you sell today into Australia, America, Canada, and you're opening in Germany We're as well. We're opening in Germany now. How yep. exciting. Like, yep. Just think about that, guys, that there's a young man here in Australia selling into these four markets around the world. Uh, from home, yeah. right? There's, That's there's one, one piece in that journey that, as uh, um, Adam said, we've all had our, our journey on Amazon or e-com or whatever, that you um, talk about the branding though. Like you can, mm. anyone can go and buy a tennis ball, but sure, but you know, yeah. the branding piece, is that one of your fortes? Yeah, yeah I, I view myself as a, a like a brand builder. I'm right. not just an Amazon seller that throws some shit up and sells it. Like I build brands. Yes. Um, so what I mean by that is like coming up with a nice name, having a nice logo, coming up with something that emotionally resonates with the avatar, which is the exact customer that's going to buy the product. And I like to sell products as well that I'm the avatar for. 
which means that it's easy to do the branding because you're selling it to yourself. So why don't we why don't we use that as a jump in point for Greg? Um, he'll throw this up in post. But if you go onto your Instagram, you yeah. can see the products here. Yes. This is a bit the first big success. Mm-hmm. It's for those of you listening, you can jump on Instagram. You can look it up. It is Prodigy X Gear. Yeah, Prodigy X Gear. Yeah. Um, it is a phenomenal Insta page that you've put together. Thank you. And a phenomenal brand. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the brand, what you sell, why you got into that niche. Yeah. So, so Prodigy X is actually my, my second kind of main brand because I've sold a brand in the past before for $100,000. So, oh, wow. We've got to talk about that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Prodigy X, um, the brand, it really, it's just actually more like a – What's the word? It's a, it's a representation of who I am. Like it's almost like me almost expressing myself, which is why it's so easy for me. And that's why I think that if you want to sell a product to sell something that you're actually truly passionate about, if, if the demand and the profitability is there, that's important. Yeah. Um, then it's so easy to brand it. So what, what is, what is Prodigy XL? Prodigy XL's Ice baths. Ice baths. Ice baths, yes. We were just hanging being, shit on ice baths last week. Not really. The memes are hilarious yeah, when you see people taking oh, the piss yeah, out of ice yeah, baths. Yeah. The yeah. counterculture's coming now for the ice baths. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny yeah. to watch. Oh, ice baths are terrible for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes for everything. But. So, so, you're, so you're in the ice bath niche, obviously a booming niche. You know yes. people are making jokes about it, memeing mm-hmm. about it. It's been successful. Yes. So, where, so you sell these where? We sell All these. Over. In Australia, we sell these in USA, we sell these in Canada, and yeah, now we're moving into Germany. And now we've also created our private label Shopify website. So we're going yeah. to be doing that too. So why did you decide on, how do you, how do, you do your due diligence on a niche as an Amazon seller? Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it starts with demand. It right. really starts with demand. And I think most people go wrong here. They just, they see like mm-hmm. a scented candle on their table. And they're like, well, I think that scented candles are going <laughs> to sell well. But there's no real data to suggest that. That's what most people think. Um, So where where, where do we get the data? Somebody listening to this, if they've got an idea, how do they verify that there is volume? Yeah. So you want to jump straight onto Zonguru. You You need something like Zonguru that tells you, yes, this has demand. And demand is showcased in two ways. I like to look at revenue mostly, but there's also search volume. Um, but for me in Australia, because now I focus on selling in Australia, I, lo- I look for products where the top seller is doing a minimum of $10,000 a month revenue. Okay. The top seller is doing a minimum of ten grand mm-hmm. a month. So for those who don't know what Zonguru is, it's a piece of software that um, analyzes Amazon mm-hmm. and uh, you can use it you know, to do research. But if you're running an Amazon business, it also does a whole lot of processes. Yep. And full disclosure, that's my company. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm one of them. I've tried other ones it. as well, though. Zonguru is the easiest to use. Is it? Yeah. Well, so do you also good. look yeah. at, um, remember the days when we were doing product research, you look at um, revenue for sure, um, uh, but also um, competition. Is there mm. one runaway bestseller that's going to be hard to tra- track down? Yeah. Uh, like is it a red ocean or is it a blue ocean? Or how do you yeah. see yourself cutting into that market if you do like it? Mm-hmm. What's your edge? Is it about that comes back to brand or? Yeah, I, I like to do like a really in-depth competition analysis where I actually break down all of the top sellers. I'll break down their, their images. I'll break down their titles. I'll break down if they have a plus content, which means they have a registered trademark, which means they can have a video and all of this extra stuff. So if they don't have a video... Um, I'm, and, I'm and like, shit, okay, that's already opportunity if they're yeah. in videos. Yeah. yeah, which means they're probably smaller, less experienced. So what you're saying, an A-plus seller, can you just say that again slowly? A-plus content. How can I tell yeah. a normal listing on Amazon mm-hmm. from somebody who's got A-plus content? Yeah, so an, a normal listing on Amazon won't have a video. And when you scroll down in the product description, it won't have images. It'll right. only have text. It'll have the images at the top of the listing, like all yeah. Amazons. Yeah. But then when you scroll down, there's sort of like a HTML yeah. like page. It looks like a PDF it, almost. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's got graphics and images further down. So what you're saying is those sellers who have the a video and that additional content are more experienced, they've got a trademark. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is if you go to Amazon, you don't see any of those yeah. listings, you go, wow, here's an opportunity for a- Alarm bells, ding, 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 yeah. could do something. Yeah, so you're yeah. looking for a minimum of 10 grand a month mm -hmm. in sales at the top level. Mm -hmm. And then you could do an analysis of the competition yep. by looking at how good the photos are, whether they're A plus contest there. What about reviews, stuff like that? What else do you look at? Yeah, I look at reviews for sure. Reviews, actually, we've really come to grips as being probably the most important part of an Amazon listing nowadays. Social proof is massive. Mark, I'm sure you can attest to this, where you see these horrible listings and these horrible products, but then they have 3,000 reviews and they're the top seller. So reviews are massive and- And in many cases, that's really trustworthy, right? Like it's, because if yeah. it's, a, it's an ugly brand, yeah. people are raving about it. People go, wow, this thing must be good. Exactly, yeah. And then, do, you, do you then also look at the, from a paid perspective as well, what it's gonna cost the boost, um, like from the get go yeah. for your launch? Yeah, and that's why I like to sell products for a minimum of 50 bucks, Got it. but like ideally even a hundred and over, because typically the higher you can sell a product for, the more profit you can make. If you sell a product and for 10 bucks at 30%, yeah. you're only making three bucks a that, unit. Yeah. So what's bucks. your average sale of, of, of your ice baths? How much do they cost? So we have two ice baths. We have our OG model, um, which is more of an entry level ice bath. We sell that one for $130. Are these inflatable or are they? That one is inflatable. So it arrives um, in a box maybe this big. Yep. And it's just like, it's got some legs and stuff in there. It's got the tub and it's got a pump. Right. You put the legs in and then you inflate the top rim of it. And it's basically just a cylindrical structure and you basically just put water in there and ice and it's good to go. Yeah. Do you have to keep changing the water or not? You can you can change it probably once a week, ideally. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And it stays cold? It, you need to put ice in every oh, time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then we have also our premium offer, which is a high ticket ice bath. Yeah. Now this one we sell for 799 USD. Yeah. And this one can be connected with a water chiller. So it's it's a legitimate kind of whole thing and it's like it's a premium offer as well. We sell those as well in Australia and USA. Yeah. And which one's more profitable for you? Um in the early stages, the OG was incredibly profitable because we were one of the first. We were the second the small one. The small one, yep. Yeah. Was so profitable we were running at fifty percent margins to start. Wow. Yeah. Um but with Amazon there are a lot of re returns and refunds as well. So that gets factored in. They're both probably evenly as profitable um, when you consider everything. Yeah. Yeah. Except one's just got, as you said before, $50 product. It, it, the point where it stops being about percentage margins, it talks about cash profit. Yeah. You can buy so much more traffic with the cash. Yes, exactly. You have to spend money on PPC. Because with $700, you have to. you're going to have a much well, higher gross margin. You, you, oh, in, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We you make 300 US per unit. Yeah, it's like my toilets. So for just, just before we move on for this, because it is – it is a really important factor on Amazon. So uh, many uh, inexperienced sellers want to take, they think, the least risk possible by selling the cheapest item possible. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, you inadvertently put yourself in the highest risk category because then you're competing with, you know, hundreds of millions of Chinese students, for example, who've got you know, $1,000 to start a business and they're looking to do exactly the same. Mm. Whereas when you bump up to these $700 products, like less people are inclined to go and drop. How much is a container of those things? Oh, I didn't want to say. Yeah, <laughs> we would be like six figures, right? Yeah, we, we like last Wednesday, we spent 100,000 in a day. Yeah, on, yeah, on, on a container. So stuff. that just knocks yeah. out a lot of people. So yeah. you, you're actually taking less risk often when you go up 
the price um, chart. But also oversized yeah. as well. A lot of people go, oh, it's oversized. Shipping's going to be a lot more. It's like, yeah, exactly. that's exactly why we're doing oversized. Not yeah. air freight. It's a little bit another barrier to entry as well. Absolutely, yeah. It, it presents an opportunity because most people don't have the the risk tolerance to do it. Yeah. You mentioned that now you look at revenue and, and demand. Mm-hmm. And like when I first started, I was looking at demand before revenue. Mm-hmm. And it was only after like being on Amazon and selling for three or four years that I'm like, I really need to focus on revenue. Like talk about that because Adam just mentioned that, you know, going straight into a high ticket item is is a great way to do it because it knocks out the competition. But if you had your time again, would you? Or is there other hurdles around that? And yeah, tell, talk us through that. Um, I would, I would sell high ticket. Absolutely. Yeah. It's now, but only because I have the confidence to do so as a, as a beginner, I would suggest to sell a product for 50 bucks, yes. which was what my first product bamboo fruit baskets, they sold for 50 bucks, which was, which was perfect. Bamboo fruit baskets. Bamboo, I sold the first bamboo fruit baskets in America ever. Now James, there's James about, would love those. now there's about, <laughs> is there a reason? I'm listening. So bamboo fruit basket. We used to at, in Reliable. We used to have a thing called Go Live, which was a contest that we ran with our coaching clients. Yep. And the whole point was buy a hundred units and go live within, I think it was thirty days. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most successful initiatives we ever had because you couldn't spend more than I think a, I think it was more than fifty dollars a product. And it just got rid of all the fear. It got rid of all the fear of failure. And just said, look, it doesn't matter if you if you uh, lose, but you just got to go live with a hundred products. It doesn't matter yep. if it's a two dollar golf mm-hmm. ball, and and that's kind of what you're saying. Once you learn the ropes, mm-hmm. and how, what was it like? Was it your first sale? Was a bamboo fruit basket? It was a bamboo fruit basket. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did it feel like? And where were you when you made that first sale? Oh, it was it was. I remember it so clearly. It was yeah. December twenty third, two thousand and eighteen, and I I worked at Foodland, which is a South Australian supermarket, every Sunday, and I yeah. hated it. Sundays were the worst. Yeah. And it was. I started my shift at eleven a.m. And it was like 10.23 and I was like, oh, oh, my, maybe my units have checked in. I better check this Amazon thing I'm doing before I head off to work. And overnight, I sold three bamboo fruit baskets. No <laughs> wow. PBC, no awesome. infographics on my listing. And just like, like, fuck food land. I literally, I, 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 was like, I was like, holy shit, that's how much money I'm going to make in this shift. I made it when I was sleeping before my shift. How much, did you, how much did you make off a fruit basket? Uh, I sold... Uh, Oh, it's been a while now because I saw like the business. 10 bucks or 15 bucks? Yeah, it was about 15 bucks. 15 yeah. bucks. So you sold three of them while you were asleep. So you made 45 bucks overnight. Yeah. USD too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's 60, 65 bucks. Right. So that, how much were you making at Foodland? Oh, like an hour. 23 bucks an hour or something so like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. three hours of pay or something. Yeah. Four hours of pay. How good is that? Yeah. Like, honestly, I, mate, I still, like yesterday, we did three toilet sales mm-hmm. yesterday and every time my phone bings, I still get excited. Yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah, we did eight grand yesterday, you know, <laughs> but, but it's no different was eight grand or 800 or 80. Yeah. But when you first start out, that first dollar that you make that you didn't swap your time for, like I'm working with my son, Josh, at the moment, he works on the tools and he works his balls off to make mm. money, right? Mm. And like to, for him to make, you know, $80 like that off a sale where he didn't have to go and work in the belly of a boat, which he's doing at the moment, it's really hard work. That's life changing, and yeah. once you've touched that experience once, it's it's there's no going back. It's right? that belief hey, that it actually, this actually works. Yeah. Shit, yeah. the whole it's, world just opened up. My mind, mind was the just mind open good. completely. Like yeah, it yeah. changed my mind more than anything because so it let's, showed let's me. Let's stick with the fruit baskets. What happened yeah. after that? Like after that, in the first month, it got to nine thousand nine hundred and twenty-eight dollars in sales, and it ran out Whoa. of stock. 
USD. So it was like maybe oh, like, no, the, so and then I ran out of stock because I, w- I had never ran a business before. I hadn't even read a business book yet. Yeah. And I was doing 10K a month and I was like, oh shit, I have to reinvest to, to buy more stock. <laughs> like I didn't even know I had to reinvest. I was like, oh, I'll do six figures a year and I'll be rich. Yeah. Like that's how like amateur I was at it. All right. Were you manifesting every day at Fruitland, walking through that fruit and veg aisle going, <laughs> These are going to be in all my fruit baskets. Every <laughs> maybe. Bananas and oranges it. and apples. I mean, maybe. But <laughs> was, it, was it when you made those first sales, was it like that Bitcoin meme when the Bitcoin price goes up and it's like, watch your mouth to your boss? Yeah, exactly. With the fruit basket, um, did you then um, branch out under a brand, like a private label and then put yeah. fruit, a fruit baskets and other products into that, that label? Yeah. And just before we, before we go back to the, is that the actual one you sold, the fruit basket? Brand? The fruit basket brand Golden Nature was called. Yeah, I sold that, that business. Uh, right. so, yeah. so tell us that journey. Yeah. Right? Let's yeah, hear yeah, that story from the fruit sure. baskets uh-huh. to the $100,000 check. Yeah, so the fruit baskets, um, the way that I found the fruit baskets was I was looking for a visual differentiation. There needs to be something visual about your product on Amazon that stands out, that makes it actually pop. So the customer actually clicks on it, right? Because otherwise everything's the same old shit and it's boring. So I'm looking for a visual differentiation and I'm just like, just searching, 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 searching. I see this bamboo um, dish rack and it's like this X-shaped dish rack. Have you seen them before? It's like a bamboo and you put your dishes in there. And that was doing 300,000 USD a month. And I was like, okay, Mm. there's money for bamboo kitchen products, clearly. Then I'm looking at fruit baskets and I see that fruit baskets and they were all stainless steel were doing about 50 to 60,000 USD a month. So I was just like, well, why don't I create a bamboo fruit basket? And that's exactly what I did. And that was the first bamboo fruit basket ever sold in Amazon USA. And now there's Fuck 700. Yeah. Mate, how good is that? Yeah. Well <laughs> 700 sellers. There's it's 700 just, bamboo fruit know, baskets. How now. good is that for a story? Can, can right? you listen, listen, listening to you, it's just like listening to Adam, just, um, the different uh, mouthpiece. Yeah, so that's basically exactly what I teach. So, yeah. so you, you start selling these fruit baskets. You're the first bamboo fruit basket seller on Amazon. Mm. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And so, and then you scaled it up. At what point mm-hmm. did you sell it? Because I know there's kids listening to this going, what the fuck? This guy sold for a hundred, that hundred thousand dollars to most listeners is enormous. Like to have had your first exit. So yeah. how did that happen? What happened? Tell us the um, journey. Yeah, it took, it took several years. I ran that business for three years and I launched other products around it. So I had my hero product and then I started to get a bit more savvy with my Amazon skills. I made the listing better. I'd like got nice packaging done and I did all of that. I launched bamboo spoons to go with it. Um, I launched a bamboo bread box that I royally fucked up on and lost money and got an email from Amazon one day saying, your over storage fees for this month is 10,000 USD. And I'm sitting there like, oh shit, what's going on here? Had a few boxes in it by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what happened there? Was it hubris? Was it that you were getting a bit cocky and you didn't do the due diligence or you just, it, it was, happened? I was extremely cocky. I was like, I can launch anything on Amazon. Yeah. I'm the king of this what, stuff. That's so never it, happened to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk us through the numbers of like how many you ordered and yeah. Like, and, and also how much, how much did you start with just to put this in perspective? Like how much did it cost you to start? Just and how did to you start fund it? Golden Nature, the bamboo fruit baskets, it cost me 10,000 Australian dollars. Okay. And I was living at home with my mom and I was working at Foodland Casual. And that was all the money I had. So and I you put, just saved that up. I saved it up over maybe a year. How Polish of you. Yeah. 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 I've always <laughs> just been good at saving my money. <laughs> you bloody wogs, you're unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so you saved up this 10 grand. This is everything yeah. you've got. Everything. Yeah. And so thank God it worked. Yeah. But at the same time, I was just like, well, fuck it. If it doesn't work, I'm still living at home. I'm still young. I can try again. What an attitude. Yeah, it's the best. I love yeah. that. It's the best. 
So you grew this thing up, you got into spoons, and then at what point did you say it was three years? When did, what was the impetus to sell it? So what was that telling you mm-hmm. it's time to sell? Had you found another product you wanted to cash out and then roll into something higher level? Yeah, so on my second year in when I was doing about 30,000 USD a month, it got to Q4 and one star review would come through. I'm like, oh, okay, this, this customer has mold on their bamboo fruit basket. Next day, one star review. Next day, one star review, one star review. Mold, 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 mold. And I had an issue with mold on the fruit baskets. So I've got, and this was, it was a small issue, but there was mold in the fruit baskets and I had to go to my suppliers and I had to be like, look guys, there's mold in the fruit baskets. We need to fix this. We can't have this happening. This can ruin my business and therefore your business with me too. And we solved the issue somewhat and it was luckily only a small amount of them. A year later, I got to Q4 again and I had invested the most money I'd ever invested into stock, which was 30,000 USD. And it happened again, but on a scale that was five times worse. And this was after I'd worked so in depth with the supplier to make sure that everything was taken care of and that it would never happen again. We added in these little like cilia gel packets in and we, we changed the material and everything. And it got to a stage where I remember it was Chris, it was boxing day and Veronica and Chris went to, um, they were going to go to a Christmas event or something. And I was like, Oh, I just want to stay home. I'm just dealing with this stuff. And I remember I was going to the gym and I went into the gym bathrooms and I just started, I just broke down in tears. I started crying. Like it hurt so much because I actually came to the conclusion that I had 30,000 US teachers, 50,000 Aussie of stock and it was all moldy. So my heart was like broken at that point and I had to fix all of this. And then I managed to fix it for the most part. And then I was just like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. I don't want to do this like bamboo stuff. I don't even like this brand that much. I want to sell stuff that I actually like. I don't care about fruit baskets and this type of stuff. So I ran it, I, I fixed it as much as I could to the point that it was worth a hundred thousand because a year prior was worth a little bit more. And I just decided to sell it out of me kind of being like, it's time to move on. And how did you sell it? Uh, flipper, flipper.com. Yeah. Yeah. F-L-I-P-P-A, yeah. right? So w- yeah. just um, on that, just for the um, guys out there. So what's um, profit margin was it doing? How many multiples did you get for a, a profit? It was about 25 to 30% profit. Obviously when we started with the bamboo fruit basket, it was the first one, so the margin stayed like that. But to get a hundred grand, what actual cash oh, profit right. was it doing? It was, so- it was 2.5. Right, of the, of the yearly net profit. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. cool, cool. And, right, yeah. did you, so it was doing 40 grand a year profit. Yeah, yeah. Did you and make profit on the entire venture, break even? I did, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was happy to have just like a lump sum because that 100,000 I put straight into basically Prodigy X um, three months later. So in that three years, I'm guessing you didn't pull a salary, you didn't make much money yourself, right? I did pull a salary, but it was very small. It was enough for me to kind of like move to the Gold Coast. I moved in with Veronica and Chris, had really cheap rent and like a lot of my expenses were on company. And I, and I want young people to hear that because, mm. you know, so often online you hear like, oh, this guy's doing like X amount on Prodigy X or he was doing 30 grand a month in fruit baskets. Mm. But the truth is he was getting shit salary during that time. Like if you were to guess, how much would you pull out? Yeah, at that time. About 2K a month. Two grand, 500 bucks a week. So 25, 30 grand a year. So he's getting paid shit and he's eating shit a lot of the time Mm -hmm. with moldy baskets because in Amazon (laughs) or any of these businesses that you just, there's so many ways it can go wrong from like, oh, the bamboo expanded because it was the middle of winter that they were being stored. I had that too. Bamboo bread boxes and the lid warped. Yeah, the lid warps. And there's there's just all sorts of ways to just get fucked when you're you're running these businesses. 
So he's getting paid really poorly. He's eating shit. But that is what you call an apprenticeship. Yes. <laughs> so there is no um, shortcut to this. Whether you like Josh, my, my son, he's doing he did his apprenticeship in boat building. He got paid really, really poorly for years. And now he makes a, a good income. But that's that's the journey of life. And young people need to know, no matter which way you go, entrepreneurship is not a shortcut. It's a different cut. But the destination is different mm-hmm. yep. because now you've got unlimited upside and Prodigy X is crushing it. But you had to do those three years of eating shit sandwiches. Yeah, Eric. Absolutely. Um, how much money do you think you've invested in total during your Amazon experience? At least half a million by now. Just so, profits back in, right? Yeah, most profits back in. Yeah. Again, it's, oh, it, yeah. it's, it's going yeah. back to your point of, you know, it's not just about making money instantly, right? Like mm-hmm. this this is not a six-month play. This is not a 12-month play. This is, it takes years to get to where Eric is now at. Um, how much money would you recommend for a new Amazon seller? So for the viewers that are listening, that you're inspiring right now, mm-hmm. that it might have five grand, they might have 10 grand, but they might have another friend that's got five or 10 grand. Realistically... Mm-hmm. How much money would you say to start off a proper Amazon brand, mm-hmm. investing wisely, investing in the brand and the logos, the name, the rest of it? Would you recommend someone going and starting? This is the their minimum. Amazon this is a minimum yeah. you need to give minimum. it a shot. Yeah. yeah, minimum. Minimum three thousand dollars, and I would suggest to start on Amazon Australia because the barrier to entry is so much lower. Three thousand wow, still low. Three, I'd say minimum three thousand for an MOQ of fifty units, and five thousand is more of a sweet spot. Okay, now, yeah. now. For these listeners that are thinking about getting into this space, right? What are the top three things you would tell them to do right now? I'd say firstly, learn from someone that's actually done the thing and has receipts to show it that you want to learn. Like having a mentor, like I had Adam as a mentor, is literally a cheat code to success. Like it's the quickest thing you can do to shortcut your learning. So firstly, get a mentor. Secondly, invest in yourself. So like read Rich Dad Poor Dad, read The Richest um, Man in Babylon. Um, invest in your own growth and yourself. And then thirdly, get around other like-minded people. You have to cultivate an environment of other winners and other killers that want to be on the same journey as you. You can't be hanging out with bums or people that bring you down or people that... (laughs) 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 That's why I'm just sitting here a bit quiet. (laughs) So that's great advice. So just run through those one more time for for the cheap sheets, cheap seats. Yep. So firstly, get a mentor. Get a mentor. Secondly, invest in yourself and your own personal growth yep. through personal development. And thirdly, cultivate a winning environment. Yeah. And that's, that could be crippling. And you mentioned a couple of books. What, what are the, and I, I noticed on your Instagram, you love, you love books. Yeah. What, what are your best three books that you recommend for, for someone just getting started? You have to start with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, for sure. Yep. Um, I think that starting out in entrepreneurship as well, the book Built to Sell played mm-hmm. a massive role in my mindset around businesses and how to create r- r- real wealth. It's it's going to come from an exit, I James think. James Warlow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my, that book when I was reading, I remember I was just like, wow, this is it's the most interesting thing. It's going to come from thing. an exit, he said. Yeah, that's a very that's important so cool. line to hear. Yeah. So that yeah. is very true. Sorry. And the third one? The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Built to Sell by James Warrillow. Yeah. And The Four Agreements, which isn't a business book, but is more of a spiritual guideline that's- book. They pick that book. Yeah. I think that's Tom Brady's favorite book he reads. Really? Like every yeah. Year. yeah. Wow. The Four Agreements. Yeah. And that, that's a really interesting point when you said that the real wealth is going to come because it's not often that you hear guys in their 20s talking about the real wealth because usually they're like, how do I make 10 grand a month? How do I make 20 grand a month? And yeah. that's an evolution as as an entrepreneur. So when you started, it was probably like, if I could make a thousand bucks a week as a side hustle, 
Would that be about right where you started? And I, now you're thinking, how do I get to? Yeah, I was like, I want to make six figures a year, and I want to travel the world, and I don't have to work at all. That was yeah, the yeah, thing. You want to be like an influencer, yeah, like, doing I was like, I'll be a vlogger or something like in Greece, yeah. exactly. And now, what's like, what gets you excited now? Now, like, because I did travel a little bit last year, which was phenomenal. I was able to, but this, this, like now. I love working. I just want to sit down at my desk at 8 a.m. in the morning. I want to work. I want to go to the gym because happiness comes from progress. Yeah. That's where I feel happiest when I'm progressing physically, financially, spiritually. Yeah, on on that, that note there, sort of um, dovetails in from last week about, you know, what what is your personal routine for the, again, yeah. for the people about here thinking mm. about they're going to do it from a financial perspective. But what's, your, what's a day in the life <laughs> of Eric look like? Surely there's a nice bath in there. There is. I do ice baths. So I'm not like a. There is. I do ice baths afternoon. It's like an afternoon coffee. Okay. Um, but 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 a morning routine like for me is like and a lot of people like my morning routine goes for like seven hours and I don't work. Like I just make sure my one hour, my first one hour sets me up and I'll get up. I won't go on my phone. I'll seek sunlight straight away to get sunlight in my eyes to set my cardiac rhythm. And then I'll I'll do some mobility stuff. Then I'll stretch. Uh, then I'll meditate and then I'll pray and I'll drink a bunch of water and then I'll go go get a coffee and then the most important part I'll start working. Yeah. 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 Is that is that at 11am or 12pm? Uh, and then you know it's all about an exit. It's um that's the, the play, isn't it? With ecom, yeah. especially you've oh. got to build that at the um the balance sheet up uh, in, in brand and yeah. and in, uh, inventory, and then and then cash yeah. out on the way through. So yeah. you're, even, um, you're behind even your Elon, ears, eh? Even like, Elon Musk sold PayPal right to fund everything else. Yeah, mate. I saw a post April 2021, clear vision, crystal clear vision. I think was a caption. Tell us more about the vision, because mate, you're super inspiring, and I just want to hear about it. Thank you. Um, my vision is to have a very large property, <laughs> like, a, like a massive farm with heaps of animals and having a loving family. That's my vision. That's awesome. That's why I do what I do. Are I you just, single? Should I'm we, single. You're single, but yeah. ladies, well, you well, well, it's not a call. <laughs> out, but it could, but it could be. This yeah. podcast yeah. is going to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> rich for mate. Rich young white guy. All right, so you heard it here first, ladies. You're single. So let's jump into the ice bath business a bit more. Get back to the to the dirt. Like in, on on the yep. pod, we try and um, always spend time in the dirt because it's where the growth is yes. and the details. So you, you're selling these ice bars. You're sourcing them from China. It's mm -hmm. the same sort of thing. This time, I guess you're coming in and you're thinking, what are all the things that could go wrong? Where's yeah. the moldy bamboo basket in mm -hmm. a ice bath? Right. Mm -hmm. So you're sourcing from China. You, you, how do you establish like your price? Like mm -hmm. you're looking at the market and you go, I'm going to come in here because there's yeah. obviously ice bath sellers out there. I watched a pod the other day of these guys doing a hundred million a year selling ice yeah, baths. Plunge, plunge, plunge yeah. yeah. They're doing a hundred million a year now. Yeah. So how do you look at the landscape and mm -hmm. not get intimidated by plunge, for example? Mm -hmm. And how do you pick a spot to come in and what's your logic of like yeah. how I'm going to price and how I'm going to carve out? Yeah, and exactly what you just said, it's logical. It's not like I think I should sell at random price. It's logical. Mm. So I like to look at the top seller. What are they selling for? How many reviews do they have? If you're coming in as a brand new ice bath, 
and you've got no reviews yet and you're more expensive than the top seller, then why would someone want to buy your ice bath? It wouldn't make sense logically. Yeah. So I like to come in between the top seller and between the shitty lower seller and kind of like come in in the middle, get a bunch of reviews and then I can start maybe competing with that top seller for price. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I, look, I, I will say this for the new punters listening to this, I would not recommend this niche. Because it is super competitive. It's very competitive. It's very competitive. You've really got to know what you're doing. Start somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're looking at the top you're, and you're saying, come in under the top seller mm-hmm. and with a better, something that's better, that's differentiated. Yeah, exactly right. And that's important. You need to have also something unique, a visual differentiation, which can be something to do with your design. Could be a bundle. So add something extra with the product that makes the value to be perceived higher. Uh, you could change you, something with the product. You've got to be able to see the difference, right? Exactly. With your eyes, yes. because people forget this, right? Yeah. Like it's a bit like Tinder. Hmm? Like people don't read. The, well, girls read the profiles, but boys don't. Boys just look at the photos and go, yes, no, yes. Well, yeah. actually, the smart ones just go yes to everything and see what comes in later. But um, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work that way these days. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> the algorithm. Trust me. I've been married. I've been away from uh, it. I think how I know. That's why James is finding it difficult. <laughs> <to find> exactly. <laughs> so no, but what? But you've got to actually see because people mm-hmm. go to. Amazon, it's like a Tinder for products. The first thing that draws their attention is what they see. Mm-hmm. So if your ice bath is double the thickness of the vinyl, nobody can see that Can't in a photograph, right? You've yeah. got to actually see it. Yeah. So and um and there's some limitations or you can't just put a hot chick in there because you can't have photos or a hot dude, you can't have photos of people in there generally yeah. for the hero shot. Yeah, yeah. So exactly you need to showcase whatever that is in the hero shot. Like for us, we have a water thermometer, so a bundle. And we showcase that. And also it's important to take up as much space as you can in the photo. Yeah. You see so many hero shots where it takes up half the space. It's like, well, you're not using the real estate that you've been given to mm. showcase your, your feathers. And the product looks smaller when you see the page of results. It looks inferior. Looks tight. Yeah, it looks yeah. inferior. You want it to go edge to edge on that photo. Mm-hmm. Edge to edge and then showcase that visual differentiation. Bam, it stands out. Yeah. Depth, so depth and angle is really important as well, I've mm-hmm. found. Yeah. You, you, I think you mentioned before in a previous question about... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about depth and angle. It's all about depth and angle. Did you do a science what degree? Was, <laughs> you asked, did we swear? This is a business podcast. Um, no, you mentioned you mentioned you changed the hero image and and it made a massive impact. Hmm. Something blew up. I don't yeah. know which product it was, but can you talk us through the changes, the specific changes yeah. you made, and yeah. how it blew up? So the bamboo fruit basket, all bamboo fruit baskets were facing left, and they're all full of fruit. So the top tier was full of fruit, and the bottom tier was full of fruit. They're all facing left, full of fruit. I was like, hmm, how can I stand out? Everyone's left, full of fruit. I put mine right and got rid of the fruit. Wow. And boom, sales it from 10K to 25K wow. just like wow. that. You, you forgot one thing. You added a bit of mold on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not speak about that. <laughs> He's still scarred. But that's so true. It's like the Johnny that's Walker epic. bottle. They actually have patented the angle of the label. And the owner of Johnny Walker, uh, the original founder, did that so that when you look at all the whiskeys on the shelf, there's this one with the whiskey where the stickers on an angle. And you go, what? It catches your eye, wow. and that's that's the Johnny Walker story. We, we overcomplicate things, but that's something yeah. so simple. It's so can, simple, can yeah, yeah. And, and, but it, but when you think about it, with Amazon, you've got massive traffic, and if you show on that page, that is the very the first battle to win mm. is looks, and and it absolutely matters. And people who take a casual approach to it get casual results. That, and it's, it's the same so, in so speaking everything. Speaking of a casual approach to that, so with your um, you're obviously fairly um. Uh, 
experienced in what's going to catch the eye do you um outsource the photography because that's the, the photography and then all the, yeah. the rendering you write a crazy brief and get it mm-hmm. or you you've got it a- with with prodigy x in particular the first time because we success love speed and i was like holy shit this needs to be fast because of the nature of the market we went onto fiverr and just got cgi images done which is computer generated imagery and it basically looks real and it's cheaper than real photography and it's very quick. So we got CGI done. And then once our sales took off and we, we had everything ready to go, um, we then moved on to actually like outsourcing, like professional, like we did a really good package um, with all lifestyle imagery, which is so important. And also product photography. That's more great advice. That minimum volume mm. product. Yeah. Get the runs on the board. So yeah, yeah. you've got to act so fast. You got, Prodigy X is a great name. You came up with it or did you? ChatGPT. ChatGPT. <laughs> so you ChatGPT the name. Yeah. The logo, where'd you get the logo done? The logo I made myself in Canva. I just saw some images and I was just playing around with it. And eventually I'm like, that looks cool. I love this. So ChatGPT for the name, Canva for the logo. Mm-hmm. And you can um, use Midjourney for the logo, by the way. I use Midjourney visuals for so many other aspects in my listing. And you went to Alibaba to source the product. Yes. And then, and the listing uh, information, did you write it? Did you use Zonguru? What did you do to-, to- for, for the title and the keywords and everything, absolutely Zonguru. But yep. in t- terms of the product description and the wording, because I've always been pretty good at writing in English, so I just wrote all of that myself. Where does your products fit Price-wise today, if I was to go to ice baths, mm-hmm. are you the highest or you under the highest? Where, where are you, What is it? In Australia, we are the highest because we're the top seller by far. We really have good real estate and we're the most dominant. In America, we're about mid because it's right. super competitive. What, yeah. What's your split between Aussie sales and US sales? Because So U- US sales are far higher just because of the sheer volume of customers on the website. But funny enough, Australia profit is much higher. Wow. Amazon Australia is just incredible. Yeah, I was telling people that ages oh. ago. You just recently did $100,000 in a single month yeah. just on Australia. In Australia. Because we've got to remember this 1.7 yeah. is from a standstill start. Mm-hmm. Like what was your first month? Roughly? First month was 100000 US. What? No, <laughs> it, it, uh, like first month in Australia. I mean, when you started the brand. 100,000. You went from zero to 100,000 the first month. In six, within six weeks of like from idea... So by the end of it, it was 100,000 US. We were, we were the, the second like half decent ice bath in USA at that time. So we just went, Pfft. that's why I was like success, love, speed. I had to be super aggressive. Well, fuck that's mate. when that's he started great. growing the beard. Like, he's like, I'm in this, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, 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 that just blew my whole theory out. Well done. So with that success, uh, um, love, speed part, um, you don't get time in six weeks to build a social media presence. How no. social has been important for uh, this new brand, Prodigy X? Social only started two months ago, maybe. Right. Wow, really? Yeah. Veronica's yeah. like a social whiz over here. Like I've seen her, because you do social for Zonguru, right? Or you, you did once upon a time, yeah. Was yeah. she helping you with that or? No. Uh, a little bit, but... No? No, it's kind of <laughs> no, yeah. not really. Um, for, 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 just good at it. Like for, I look at it, like, fuck, it's really good. Yeah, Veronica's amazing, but we're different in our styles. Okay. Yeah. So how long ago did you start this again? Uh, we got our first sales March 16, twenty three. Like when you think of that, That's, and when we started talking about unemployable, it's not, you know, not much longer. Yeah. Like it's then. it's it's very short period of time but that's because you've done your apprenticeship right yeah yes. like you've done the apprenticeship you're not starting from square one you're yeah. starting from like Absolutely. i'm a qualified amazon seller yeah. now yeah. and that took three years and eating shit sandwiches and shit pay mm-hmm. yep and i actually was getting a haircut the other day and i was chatting with my barber and i asked me what i do i kind of explained the story and he was like to me you make it sound so easy and i was like well it's only easy once you're confident but it took me four years mm-hmm. of like actually 
creating the skills, doing the training to become competent that build that confidence. Yeah, so, so give me the scissors, son, I'll show you what I mean. Yeah. And you turn around and cut this Exactly. So many people focus on, oh, I've got to get that product right and, and whatnot. But the, the biggest part of the, your success for the ice bars is probably all the failed products because mm -hmm. that's where you did all your yeah, learning. Yeah, right? and like, the private label brand Utopia Palms that we did as well because the branding on that and all the lessons from this brand yeah. um, with social media and stuff as well and that all went straight into prodigy x it's straight these are, in these are great gifts by the way thank you so, so you, much you're still just, just to tip out this question just you're um, launched on amazon crushed it clearly um and you've got two products you've got a smaller product like the, the portable and then we've got the, mm -hmm. the, the 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 bigger big guy yeah um one are you looking to build out more products underneath that brand like yes. to build out like five ten in the products yeah yeah i've got a list of 10 products that's i've got on a piece of paper that's on my wall at home and i'm like i'm launching all of these this year yeah, yeah. got it and so then with that you're they're all, they're all amazon directly um focused for amazon yeah what are you thinking when i um when you jump offline because i heard you mention before you've now got shopify sorted have you started this is the second part of that question have you started running traffic yet to the pay to shopify and have you seen your success in railways and that start to come through yet um so so it i'll launch all the products to start on amazon mm -hmm. particularly amazon australia because amazon australia is the barrier to entry so much easier there's less competition and there's less dirty black hat tactics which was we've also dealt in, america. Oh, in america and canada we got fucked on as well by yeah. competition for the ice yeah. parts but yeah um we're launching them all in australia and yeah so we have the private label private label shopify store and we haven't run traffic to that yet but we're going to the website's good to go Good stuff. Yeah. Is the yeah. plan to sort of scale and sell it? Is that what you're thinking? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What's your goal? The goal is this year, 3.5 million rev. Right. That'll make us about a million profit. Valuation would be around three, four million. Yep. Um, but ideally, I want to sell the business for at least 10 million. Okay. So what's your sticking point? Like, are you using inventory finance? Are you do? Are you, have you got any sticking points we, at the moment? We've bootstrapped everything so far, but it's at that stage where it's it's so tight running this operation. You know, hundred k payments going out. We're like, we're looking towards getting money very that. soon. Yeah, yeah de definitely either raise money or use inventory finance. Yeah. I would think for your business. Yeah, uh, we were talking about it on the pod just a couple of weeks ago. Scottish Pacific or mm -hmm. in Australia, if it's Australian inventory, okay. NAB inventory finance, I'll, I'll hook you up offline. Yeah, because okay. that will make a big difference for you in terms of freeing up cash. Yeah. Because for those listening, when you're at Eric's point, the biggest challenge is always capital. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if I look to your story, Eric, maybe you could tell us quickly what you guys did to scale to 100 million. It was all reinvestment, right? Like, all reinvestment, yeah. Tell we us, were, tell us we about the discipline of the th you and the other two yeah, guys. Just, I mean, uh, like I always say, what are you willing to go without when someone wants to start their own business, right? And there was a lot of people that went without for a long time and yeah. reinvested back into the business for 10 years. Didn't take a dollar out of the business. Like it's 10 capital years. intensive. 10 years. That's Think crazy. about how long 10 years is, right? Yeah. You started 18? Oh, no, uh, you've no, been no, in business for seven years yeah. as an example, right? Yeah. So you still got three years to go, mm -hmm. as it, you know, to hit 10 years. So it's yeah. a long time. People don't realize that. And we use terms, right? So we didn't use, you know, invoice financing or inventory financing. We created really good relationships with our suppliers. We were pushing a lot of product. Um, that was like a narcos term, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, we really know no, what you're doing down yeah, there. We were pushing a lot of product <laughs> and they liked what we were doing and they, they believed in us. And How we built we that relationship. We've got some terms up to six months. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all. That's, that's, you, you're not going to get yeah, that yeah, in, yeah. But, in, but in many, in many industries. So, but yeah, like, what are you willing to go without? Are you willing to earn 500 bucks a week? You know, And 
I, I love the story. You're young, right? So you can, you can go without, you can live with your sister, you can live off 500 bucks a week and just keep reinvesting. And there's going to be people listening to this going, well, I've got a family, I've got two kids, I can't live off 500 bucks a week. And this is where either you got to do it on, on the side or partner and collaborate with people. Mm -hmm. Like this is a big thing with unemployable in the podcast is to open people's minds to these types of opportunities, right? And not say, oh, I, I just can't do that. I just can't do that. And that goes to my next question is, with all the failures that you had at such a young age, why didn't you just quit? <laughs> right? Uh, what um, made you keep going? Because, um, you know, I was going to say, I'm quit. different, I'm Polish. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> quitting for a lot of people uh, is the easy thing to if, do. If someone were to ask me what my number one trait is that I think has led me to where I am now, I'd say tenacity. I'm tenacious. I will not give up. I, I'll grab something. It's mine. It's over. Don't even try. I yeah. will not give up. I will not. I ain't going to go down saying, here lies an entrepreneur that was beaten by a moldy fruit. fruit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my story. It's it's not not here. Here. No, yeah. But you know what it is? Yeah, it yeah. is for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I, I had this plan to change the world, but then I got a moldy fruit basket. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's actually what happens, you know? I, I got they just didn't know about depth and angle. I got a serious <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't let it go, could you? I got, I got a serious question. <clears throat> Firstly, I just want to say sorry to you. <laughs> Or your mom comparing you to Adam back then? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. The banter you, is you, unmatched you, on this podcast. Uh, you, you look nothing alike. Yeah. But you mentioned that at about 20 years old, you went into a deep depression. Now, I don't know if it was from that comparison or not. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the well, depression was before yeah, the yeah, comparison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had a lot to do with it. <laughs> In all seriousness, this is a very serious topic. And when someone puts on their, po on, on their socials and, and they're vulnerable at 20 years old, telling the world that you went through a deep depression, mm -hmm. I want to know about that time mm -hmm. in your life and why and how you got out of it. Yeah, for, for a long time, I built up a lot of shame and guilt, which are really low frequency emotions. And I held on to them for a long time. So there was three instances. Um, I got arrested that time. Even though it wasn't horrible, I still got arrested. And I still put that stress on my mom because then I was on curfew and stuff like that. Then um, I crashed my car driving as well, being an idiot. And then um, I got kicked out of university before I eventually had to vouch for them to let me back in. And then I went and I completed it because I'm tenacious. But those three things that happened to me and I built up this shame and guilt because then I was like, man, what am I doing? Like there's my mom, she's given everything. She's sacrificed everything for me to be in this position and I'm letting her down. So I, I pulled myself out by just, well, actually what pulled me out wasn't me. I was very grateful to have an incredible support network in, in my mom and my sister because Veronica was the one that was like, hey, come to this network marketing event. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about cultivating that environment. I was in a good environment where, where I had good people that could actually help and support me. And a lot of people don't have that. So if they don't have that, then it's so important to find those people. Mm. If you go to an event, pay to go to an event or like show up somewhere new at a run club or something, at least people taking care of their health because they're usually high quality. Um, but yeah, I had that deep depression and it, it, wasn't fast to get out of it. And at the time, I didn't even know that I was depressed. I didn't. It was only years later. I looked back and I was like, holy shit, I was so low. Like I would sleep like 12 hours a night because that was my way of coping with it. I was never suicidal or anything like that. 
but I was, I was just like so low and I'd hide away and I'd have this intense social anxiety as well. I remember walking into a, into a bloody mall and it was like, for whatever reason, it feels like all the lights are on you. And then you're looking around you're like, oh, this person's looking at me. Oh, like that's just the, the feeling of shame and guilt. And I felt as if everyone was looking at me and I had such bad anxiety that I couldn't go and like order a coffee at a cafe. It was just like difficult for me. Um, but what pulled me out was that support network. And then once I had that support network and then I, then I found a mentor, then I started actually cultivating an environment within myself by reading the books and like it created it. If anything, I'm blessed because that more than anything created desire for me to be better. It created this drive in me that I'm just like, it's the fuel. It's the fuel because I'm never going back to, mm-hmm. to how I felt. I it never. And, and you keep mentioning, mentioning mentor. Is that, is that Adam? Adam no? was my first business mentor. Yeah. So, I've had several but, other mentors as Adam, well. You mentioned obviously surrounding yourself with the right people and your mentor. So Adam indirectly helped you Absolutely. during that time without yeah. him even realizing it. 100%. And you can, that's right. It's like, you don't even have to know people in real life for them to be your, your environment. It's also like, who do you follow on Instagram? Are you fo- following only fans chicks or are you following <laughs> Alex Hormozzi and Robert Kiyosaki? Like choose who, what you're watching every single day. Like when you're on are you going to go on Netflix and watch some bullshit TV show or are you going to jump on YouTube and watch someone who can at least influence you positively? That's still your environment, what you watch if you don't have access to people directly. Mm. It's, it's not a coincidence that there's five successful entrepreneurs right, right now and we've all dealt with anxiety yeah. and depression. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's a big thing. It's so common and most of us deal with it. Right. And it's regularly, regularly. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, it's gotta be in our DNA, the way we're built, Yeah, you know, but again, it's like you said, it's, it's just having that tenacity and, and that network and being vulnerable. Right. Yeah. And it's a very important topic and we've touched on it on a couple of podcasts, but I'm glad that, you know, you're being vulnerable and open up about it because there could be people listening right now. Like Adam is probably listening going, wow, I didn't even know that, you know, I had that kind of impact on someone. Yeah, and and it's, it's confronting at times, right? So yeah. that's great. That, Thank you. That's huge. It's definitely there's definitely stats that say that there's a higher incidence of anxiety and depression amongst entrepreneurs and and CEOs. Um, but the point that you made about not even recognizing it until looking back, like that's that's such a big point. I think so many people just don't recognize that they're going through it and that they can't see the early telltale signs. Yeah, and um, yeah, I if, think more awareness around that. Um, definitely needs to be spoken about more so if, well if you're listening to this and you're in that place you know the the first steps perhaps are to talk, talk to a mate um and Ooh. and get out there and uh uh you know pick up a book or or start watching something positive feeding the mind and then getting the body moving get out yeah. and go for a run That's get out huge. and get it go get around some people it is really important it starts with the mind and the body and 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 they're both two things that are free and can be um taken action on straight away so uh, thanks for sharing that, Eric, because I know, um, it, as, as Eric said, it is something everybody will deal with. Um, and sensitivity is a uh, superpower and only psych- psychos don't feel and uh, don't feel failure and don't care what people think of them. Mm. Um, and we all do. And I've, I've definitely had similar things of that anxiety of like walking into a shopping center and being unable to function. And for no reason, like out of the clear blue day, you just have an anxiety attack. So, all right, cool. So, Eric, um, What's next for you, mate? Like, what's uh, what's on the on the ticket for you with your thing? It's just head down, bum up, and grow Prodigy X. It is, yeah. It's growth. It's growth from here. Prodigy X, 
this year we're launching 10 products so ice bars again or just we're, we're, we're moving away from the ice but because the ice bars had this massive explosion we have that good ground now we have that reviews we have the brand we're really moving away from ice bars and launching other stuff other stuff exactly yeah. right so yeah for, for those of you listening you know like a, a lot of times they, they go oh I, ice bars i'm gonna go run and do that thing like if you're hearing about it now you, you need too to late. it's too late you need to be onto the, the yeah the next absolutely thing. and i'm not going to ask you what the next things are because that's your business but um, there, there will be those who go, I'm going to go to ice bars. I'm like, don't, trust me, <laughs> don't bother. You will get eaten alive. <laughs> so Eric's moving on now, which is great. And so, you know, if there's anything we can do, mate, anyone here or, um, you know, happy to help. And if there's anything we can um, assist you with, uh, is there anything that you need at the moment? Like, is there anything missing in your life that you're looking for? A girlfriend. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, I don't know, but that's actually interesting. Yeah. So what, what does a guy like you look for in a woman? Peace. I, I, I find that for entrepreneurs, people like us, we're out in war, we're out in battle, we're out hustling, you know, we're dealing with suppliers, we're dealing with hijackers, we're dealing with shit going wrong all the time. I think it's important to find a lady where you can go home to and she brings you peace and she, she charges you up. And then in the meanwhile, as a man, provide her with security and, and protection and love as well. You're an old-fashioned dude, and I, um, I love it. Yeah. Uh, my relationship is, is similar. My relationship is similar. It's a very non-PC in today's world. It's supposed mm -hmm. to be everything's. I'm with you. Like I, I like that sort of yeah. blend. Mm -hmm. it, it's. It's. I think it's amazing that you've been able to cultivate this much success without having that person in your life already. Mm -hmm. Like, if you ask me, what's my secret to success? I'd say it's my partner, Dominique. And I'd probably wouldn't be here without her. So the fact that you've actually gone out and cultivated all that on your own without that is is just you know huge thumbs up. You get the right man. partner, you're only going to go further and you, ahead. You, you you you're just going to 10x where you are now. Yeah. What other attributes? Just because I know there are going to be young women listening to this, going, I would love to get a boyfriend like like that, or maybe a future husband like that. Like no bullshit. What else do you are you looking for? Don't worry what other people think. What do you yeah. think? I also think that it's important for my future wife to also have like a bit of fiery a fiery side too like i said peace it's funny because it's a contrast but you know i like a bit of attitude as well because it also like it's spunk uh, yeah like it's, keep it like exciting as well and mm. fun and like lively and, and fun's important too having a good time and in any scenario just being able to laugh just being able to laugh i think that's so important in a relationship for no reason just being able to laugh she can be gone wrong doesn't matter if you're sleeping under a bridge you can laugh i'll make sure i don't introduce you to my wife because <laughs> everything you're saying is jammed. So we're all on the same page yeah. here, aren't we? Yeah. 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 And funny. what are you going to bring to the table? What do you think it's important for a bloke who's an entrepreneur to bring home to the family? I, I am traditional, like you said. I think it's important for the man to provide. I think the man should be the provider. It doesn't necessarily mean the sole provider in that she can't work. Like if my, if my lady wants to work, she can work and do whatever she wants, of course. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it's important for a man to protect as well. So and money and protection, anything else you think? Are, are un good? Unconditional love, absolutely. Lo love's actually the main one. It's It's got to be built on a foundation of love, also trust and loyalty. Universal both ways. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I love it, yeah. mate, and thank you for sharing that as well because I think that's an interesting discussion. Yeah. I actually do get DMs from women saying, I'm not hitting on you, but how, where, how would I meet a guy that's actually got their shit together like you and the boys on the pod? 
and um, I show every one of them to my wife. So <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, honey, this is coming in. But but that, but they are. There's a there's a real disconnect, and a, and a lot of women out there are mm. actually looking for good dudes that are hardworking, got their shit together, not to be taken care of, but just to find a good dude. Like, yeah. how do you find a good dude that's mm. not a dickhead? Um, so that's why I asked the question. I got, um, I got an interesting story. Yeah. From a mutual friend of ours, Sam Hope. Okay. So I rang Sam before. I said, give me a little bit of dirt on Eric. You know, <laughs> you, is there anything, you know? No, you guys are good friends. And he didn't give me much, to be honest with you. But he's got one comment here, which I thought this was pretty cool because I, I consider myself the king of networking. And, and this is pretty cool. So it says, Eric and I met through one of Adam's Instagram lives. He reached out to me via DM after seeing me comment on one of Adam's Insta Lives in 2018, six years ago. Eric, which was based in Adelaide, and I, which is Sam, on the Gold Coast, used to catch up every Monday morning, every Monday morning, for an hour Zoom chat before school, when Sam was in school, for two years straight. Wow. Um, and they never met in person, right, until two years oh, after that. story. And we are best mates to this day. Yeah. And obviously we're doing some pretty cool stuff with Sam and you're doing amazing stuff. So how's that for networking? Yeah, if it's, you didn't it's reach crazy. Out, I remember that because I don't really I do that that, that much. And I just saw this guy. I'm like, oh, who's this young guy? And he's just like typical Sam, something like hyped up, like love it, Adam. Like yeah. with heaps of exclamation marks, <laughs> just super like excited. Yeah. I was like, who's this guy? Just clicked on his profile, DM'd him, boom. Don't underestimate that guy's listening to this. Like if you're a young person, you want to know how to build your network, it's as simple as that. Mm. But it was a sincere outreach on Eric's part to a young guy. Like last Friday, I had a couple over who um, I met through Instagram, right? Like we just, there was some connection there. So um, nurture those relationships. I can tell you looking back on my career and as I approach my 50th birthday, like I've known James for a long, long time now. Um, some the the richest parts of my life are my network, and I've got a network of people like Sam I've had for like twenty five years, thirty years. Some of them, wow. that's really wonderful. I'll let you on a little secret because this isn't coming out till next week. As long as y'all can be you careful, know, keep it, keep we a secret. Want, we don't want to know all your secrets. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> From Sam, like after the pod finishes today, we're going down to um, inspect some office space that we've just taken a lease on for a business that we've co-invested and back Sam into with another guy. So Eric and I are putting up the bucks. Um, he doesn't know until his birthday on Thursday. Uh, so we're going to turn up at the birthday party and pull out the signed lease yep. with a photo. I'll be there, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you'll be there. Yeah. So we're going to print it out and we're going to put the logo on the wall, which we're not going to announce right now, but putting the logo on the wall and, um, and we're going to give it to him as a birthday present. Oh, wow. So here's your new offices in <laughs> Southport cool. next to Porsche. So uh, it's pretty cool. Did you say you're going Sam's birthday Thursday? On Thursday, yep, for the I'll dinner. Make sure, I'll make sure my wife don't come. Well, she could get the name mixed up or something. Yeah, she'll never forget that name. I want to have your wife do the book. To be honest, it could be a whole lot of shit, man. Jesus. Eric, thank you for coming in, mate. This is this has been a great pod, and I really want to acknowledge your openness on all levels, not just the commercials, but your personal life and. Uh, relationships, anxiety, depression, all the struggles that, that many entrepreneurs and people deal with. So, uh, and we wish you nothing but success, mate. I, I honestly have sat here throughout this pod. Um, I'm actually quite emotional just listening to what you've done with it. And um, 
you know, I've, I've been doing this stuff for a long time and just seeing it land so um, well in someone like you just makes me feel very, very good and proud and, yeah, um, yeah really happy for you. We'll be across the journey too. We can't wait to see what happens over the coming year when you drop another 10 products in and, and tell us yeah. the story. Yeah, to come back home. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Could be part yeah. two. And, and hats off to you as well, Adam, just, just for being a mentor to this, yeah. you know, young kid at the time without even realizing it. And here he is so many years later on the pod talking about the millions of dollars and what he's doing and, yeah. you know, what kind of woman he wants in his life. So yeah, that was cool. one of many. One of many. One of many. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you guys. Um, as always, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Mark, James, Eric, Eric. too. <laughs> and the family supporting over here off uh, Sif, the Wonder Dog, and Richard and Eric. Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> Craig. I've got too many Eric's here. <laughs> um, thank you. And, and most of all, guys, thank you to you for listening to the pod. We really appreciate it. If you've liked this episode, you want to send some love to us or in particular to Eric, drop a comment in the YouTube comments. Uh, send us an email if you know someone like Eric that we can get on and hear their story because uh, you never know who's going to come on the show. And uh, I know for sure uh, there is going to be lives changed today because of what you shared. And there's going to be some young person somewhere in the country or the world that's going to go, oh, my God, I heard this guy, Eric, and he'll be on the pod in the future. And he's going to go, it was that guy with the beard, that Polish dude. And when I heard <laughs> him talk, I absolutely know in my heart it, it's going to change people's lives. So thank you for that. And thank you for listening, guys. We will see you next week on the pod. Like and subscribe. Bye for now. Ain't nothing about this is luck, boy, this ain't ambition. Nothing gets in our way, we on a clear mission. We making plans, we just trying to lift society. Working so hard that we growing notoriety. And we born to drive, yeah, it's inside of me. Eric, Mark, and James, we giving game, they inspiring. Adam clear with the vision, it's so deployable. You do what you want when you live in life, unemployable. 